Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Uh, welcome and thank you for listening to the Middle Grade Mavens and Words and Nerds podcast mashup. We thought this would be a great idea. We all love books and I'm Danny V from Words and Nerds. I'm Jill Grasso from Middle Grade Mavens. And I'm Pamela Hickman, also from Middle Grade Mavens. So we thought it might be a good idea to chat about our podcasts. I don't know about you guys. I don't chat to many other podcasters. So I thought this needs to change in 2021. And then we can talk about books because obviously we all love books here. Now, I always ask authors for an elevator pitch when they're on my podcast. So Julie and Pamela, if you had to do an elevator pitch for your podcast, Middle Grade Mavens, what would you say? Um, so our handle is we are two author mums who discuss their favorite middle grade books, provide recommendations and share insider industry tips for authors trying their hand at middle grade. And if you ever listen to our podcast, you will hear me saying that in that exact same tone. <laughs> and <laughs> so. I have listened to your podcast. I quite enjoy listening to your podcast oh, in the car. Okay. I'm not sure why. It seems to be my car podcast. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> So, Danny, we'd love to know where you got the inspiration for Words and Nerds and how it has evolved. Yeah, well, my friend, he was doing um, a podcast with Bake Off and MasterChef contestants because he and his wife, they're massive foodies, right? And I was like, oh, I really want to do a podcast. And then so we threw around some ideas and I just thought, well, no one cares what I think about books. Why would they listen to me? And I was friends with um, John Larkin and I thought, I wonder if he'd speak to me on the podcast hey, John, of course he does because he's just a glorious human. And I'm like, oh, maybe the next person will speak to me. And so you're kind of a bit unsure because, like, who are you? Just some random person saying, hey, I'm going to start a podcast where you talk to me. But it turns out, as you well know, that um, authors and writers, they love talking about their craft and their books because they don't often get the opportunity to do that, you know, and we all laugh about how we bore our families with, you know, talking about books and why we love books. And now we've got this outlet where we can do it. 
to be honest, I had no vision at first. Well, I didn't even know what I was doing when I started, to be quite honest. Sometimes I still don't. Um, but I just I just wanted to have this outlet for, you know, as you guys, I have young children and um, I was working part-time and I just needed something else to occupy my brain in a different way. You know, children ocu- occupy your brain in one way. Working part-time, you know, I knew how to do my job. I was only there three days a week yeah, and I needed something else. And this was it, you know, I just got to blab on about nerdish books and ask authors the questions I'd always wanted to ask after I'd read a book. And um, and the, the next reason, which I always talk about, is I needed something to channel my anxiety into rather than yep. anxiety. So yep. <laughs> I needed to go, right, I've got all this weird energy inside me and instead of just sitting and, you know, catastrophizing, which is my favourite pastime, uh, why not channel that into something positive? So I guess that's what I've done. Well, I'd have to say, I mean, obviously that's an amazing answer, but ditto, but just in middle grade. <laughs> so <laughs> it's yeah. strange, isn't it? It's like, yeah, where you started, like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to do it anyway. I try not to be afraid of failure. I think we all are a little bit. But um, if you are afraid of failure, you kind of don't do anything, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tell me about your story. Okay, so um, we're kind of drawn, I think we're drawn to middle grade fiction because uh, for me it's a really magical time um, for ages 9 to 12 and, like, possibilities are endless and books can just be about having fun. So um, I think I'm actually doing two questions in one here, but um, I, I really just loved that sort of uh age group and so I started writing for it um reading it a lot because Pamela and I both have kids now in middle grade and so um I just said to Pamela one day because we'd met at a conference and we'd clicked like that we're like just uh, you know had a real connection and I said do you want to do you want to do a podcast with me and she didn't even think about it she just said yes (laughs) I was like (laughs) all right we're on (laughs) so then we fumbled about for a few months and then we just launched and we just never looked back so that's us yeah yeah I I think we were both reading um just reading a lot of middle grade fiction and I think the idea of doing a podcast I was listening to a few and the idea of interviewing authors um just was percolating in my head and I was the same I had my kids at school and I had you know a business and wanted to do something else creative and just be in in the world um so yeah when Julie said hey are you interested I was like yes (laughs) and it's for me it's really not something that I would sort of start by myself or even just have the guts to do but with Julie suggesting it I was just because you know and for you I mean you talked about channeling your anxiety into something else and yeah it's the same for me I mean it's I'm getting out there and I'm I'm doing things that I never thought I would do um and yeah focusing on the middle grade um yeah we were just both into middle grade and just reading a lot so we just sort of started talking about middle grade books and and whatever we had on the shelf and what we'd been reading for the past year and it just kind of went from there Mm. it's it's kind of cool having no expectations of something just doing it sort of for yourself and maybe to give a little bit back to the literary community and then it's sort of becoming something right you're like oh cool (laughs) that was unexpected yeah Yeah. (laughs) I was hoping my mum would just listen you know (laughs) (laughs) so at the mavens we just started blabbering on about middle grade books that um and 
a really peculiar thing happened. Um, people started contacting us, like publicists, and offering us books. And now we pretty much find books on our doorstep every other day and we sort of have to prioritise how to fit that into our schedules. And, you know, we don't want to leave anyone behind, but it is very hard. So we were always, we were sort of wondering, did, have you had a similar journey where, you know, books started being thrown at you and, um, you know, asking you to showcase on Words and Nerds? Yeah, like what a dream, like having books thrown at you. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's just the dream, right? Mm. Um, yeah, look, a really similar experience. I think, like I said, I, I, um, I approached John Larkin at first and then I started approaching a couple of people. And then once you sort of find one publicist and they're like, oh, how about this person? How about that person? And you're right. The books sort of trickle in and now there's not a, I, I work at, I'm working from home since all the, you know, COVID restrictions and my office, home office is right at the front window. So I see the posting before he's, <laughs> he's, he's away at my house. I'm already out of my seat. Going, oh, most exciting part of my day is a package that I'm getting. And yeah, yeah. It, it is really hard to prioritize and, you know, I've made a commitment this year to slow down a little bit because in mm. 2020, because all the book, you know, Mm. things were cancelled I sort of thought well I'm going to step in and I'm going to do as many as I can and I was doing at one point four to five interviews a week and you just can't read that much and enjoy it you know you kind of I still enjoyed the books I was reading but it was becoming just a little bit too stressful yeah so I started doing group interviews and things like that and just trying to um, experiment, I guess, with some different things. But you're right, the prioritising is hard because you want to go, yes, I want to love all the books and all the authors. But um, I think for me it's just had to be really authentic and does does this book really interest me? Does this person interest me? Am I really a big fan? And it doesn't mean that the books that I don't have time to do, that they're not great books and the author's not a great author. It's just that some things resonate with you and speak to you more than others, you know. So Um, I think, yeah, I think, and you have to draw the line somewhere, unfortunately. Yeah, I I think for us we're lucky because we, I mean, we do have a slightly narrower band because we are middle grade, but there are so many books in middle grade that we still, Mm. you know, we get flooded. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, following on from that, is there a particular genre that's your favourite, one that you find most comfortable reviewing? Yeah, so I sort of stepped back from reviewing. I think I sort of dabbled in it a little bit in the beginning and then I just thought, oh, you know what, it's, I just I just wasn't feeling it, you know, and I thought, no, nah, I just want to have interesting conversations about books and I feel like reading is so objective that I don't feel comfortable giving anything but positive reviews because that's what my things about you know that's what my podcast is about it's about celebrating literature so I guess anything I feature on the podcast is something that really interests or speaks to me in some way you know whether it's a local author I'm trying to sort of you know help encourage or whether it's someone I've been a huge fan of etc um but I, I love crime fiction I think that's something that I've always been drawn to and love I think you know also because I love the sort of suspenseful high you know high intensity stuff but I also like how crime fiction these days really reflects the world as well so I think they're quite Mm. literary a lot of the crime fiction particularly in Australia Um, but being English teacher I've always read so widely that any story that sort of either reflects your reality or kind of challenges you or breaks you a little bit. They're my favourites, you know, and and the recent ones I've read is Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason. That's just an incredible book. Um, You know, 
Trent Dalton's Boy Swallows Universe and you know anything that Elliot Perlman's written. So <laughs> I love all books. I love Kid Lit as well. I think that's really special, especially in these really difficult times where, you know, kids are probably a little bit stressed about what's going on because there've been so many changes and restrictions. And I think Kid Lit is so important in bringing that sort of, you know, joy back into our lives as well. Because how joyful is it? You know, you guys read heaps of um, obviously, you know, middle grade fiction and there's joy in it, right? Like, isn't that, isn't that so good? And I think that's that's what we need. So, yeah, look, I have my favourite genres here and there, but really anything that that sort of just speaks to me in that moment (laughs) that crosses my desk. And you know what's really exciting? And I wanted to ask you if this was exciting for you as well. Sometimes you get a book sent to you and it's not a book you would have picked up at the shop for whatever reason. It's not the genre. It's not the kind of cover you're attracted to, whatever. And you pick it up and you read it because you've said, yeah, this is interesting. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm so glad this book fell into my hands. Like that is one of the best gifts of doing this podcast, I reckon. Yeah. Many times, yeah. Yeah, it does, it does, yeah. And sometimes like the cover doesn't because I am a huge cover snob, like (laughs) Huge. If yeah, Pamela's not such a huge cover snob, but I'm like, nah, that looks terrible. And then she's like, oh no, I'll give it a read. And every time it's usually like, oh, that was a really good book, Julie. You should have kept it. And I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have given it away. So what so appeals to you? Fault. What what appeals to you about a cover, Julie? What what does it for you when you look uh, at a cover? Gosh, just magical. Or, you know, just quirky or I'm a big fan of magical realism. So mm-hmm. anything that comes whiffing across my desk that's magical realism or or mystery, <laughs> I'm like clawing at it and Pamela's <laughs> like, no, give it back. <laughs> but, yeah. but sometimes like, I don't really enjoy um, contemporary fiction. I find that really hard to get into. And they often have sort of, you know, less exciting covers but then I've read many contemporary now and just gone oh dear I need to really reform in my <laughs> in my snobbery <laughs> so is that how you divide up the books who reads what and choose them by the covers I love this um <laughs> yeah, it's, a little it's sort of complex like because we, we get offered a lot mm. and sometimes we just say no that does not suit us uh, and other times they turn up on the doorstep and because Pamela and I know each other so well now, it's like, oh, this one's for you. And it, <laughs> there's just no, you know, no el- angst or jealousy. It's just like, oh, this one is you. Yeah. You take it. You do it. Uh, you know, I'll I'll read it later. And we never get to read it later because no. we're so busy. Australia Post makes a bit out of us sending books back and forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Danny, tell us about a podcast recording fail. Now, please tell us you at least have one because the Mavens have collected quite a few epic failures over the two years we've been podcasting. So, spill. Right. I really, I'm going to ask you for yours after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about oh, fails today, and I guess there were two that sort of stick out in my mind, and they're not. They're not terrible, but I felt like a complete idiot at the time, right? So one episode, pretty early on, I think, maybe it was in the first year I was I was doing it and I'd interviewed Rusty Young and I was just this complete fangirl of his books. I'd read it when I was backpacking in my 20s. You know those kind of books just stay with you, you know, because you yep. were doing this weird thing in your life. And <laughs> it was just 
such a weird experience. We were on the video because he wanted video because at that time I did Skype audio only, but he insisted on the video and he was a journalist. So he was, you know, knew his stuff really well. He'd broken his shoulder bone, right? So he was laying on the lounge like this, you know, complete boss. Why? <laughs> Why would you do video with a broken shoulder? But he just looked like this glorious sort of royalty, right? And I was already intimidated. And I just couldn't even ask my questions, like, because I was getting distracted by, like, what was in front of me and my questions were there and I'm like, oh, my God. And because he's a journalist, like, obviously I just, he thinks I'm completely incompetent. Probably I, I was back then. And I just kept reading the questions incorrectly, like I forgot what words were. <laughs> and at one point I had, and he kept correcting me. I'm like, this is terrible. I said, Rusty can you just give me like 30 seconds? I've just got to compose myself. <laughs> I said, I'm really sorry. This is really unprofessional, but I've really loved your work. I'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed. I'm just going to have a breath and a drink. And so I did that. He was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Oh, what a waste so of great. my time. This is his thinking. So when I got through and I edited out all my stupid bits, but yeah, that was a thing that always sticks in my mind. And it's funny. I tried to burn that out of my memory. <laughs> Tried really hard to burn that out of my memory, but now that you've asked, it's like yes. right, right <laughs> back, back there, right back there. <laughs> I think the yeah. other, um, the other stupid thing I did was I was trying to trial live streaming, right? And you know, you guys have interviewed Adrian Beck, and he's all over the live streaming, you know, like oh, yeah. TV producer. Yeah. And I'm like, can you help me live stream? Because I'm scared. I don't know how to do it. Blah blah. blah. So he's like, yeah, let's just do this, like, you know, pretend this this sort of trial one and I'll just put it on the Words and Nerds Facebook page. And so me being me, right, I'm looking at it and it's it's live, but I don't know. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, my face is really close to the camera and I'm like, oh, I think it's loading. And he's just looking at me like, read my mind, Danny, it is on. And I just keep doing these stupid things going, oh, I think it's working. And he just gives up and goes, Welcome, Danny. <laughs> <Live. laughs> oh, hi. So that was, I just left it though. I left it on the page because I thought people need to see you failing because we love one. them. But if, you, if you, things look too perfect, people don't like you anymore. So That's right. Oh, absolutely. So I just, I left We're it all there. human. <laughs> Pamela and I do very little editing except for, you know, if we've completely stuffed up like so many words, it's like, <gasps> yeah. um, but. Yeah, we just leave our blunders in because, I, I, you know, maybe that makes us more human because they're yeah. hardly perfect. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think people, you know, I think people like that sort of authentic conversation and laughter and I think we were saying this before we were recording that the best interviews I know for me are the ones that you kind of toss away your questions and it's just a conversation about books and you have a laugh and you go completely off tangent. You're like, oh, that's right, we're meant to be talking about a book. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So now you guys have to spill. Fails, please. Oh, I think I probably had the worst one. Um, <laughs> yes. which nobody nobody would no, know about. No, it's not the worst. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But nobody would know about it because um it never yep. went to air because <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I'm I'm always super super careful about hitting record beforehand and this is before we started using Zoom where you could just automatically have it on record. Mm. Um so we were using Skype and I I know that I'd made sure that it was recording and this this guy I was interviewing, this author, um, he was really, really hard to get hold of. He wanted to do it but um, it, like the publicist wasn't able to get hold of him and so I tried contacting him and eventually we got together. I think I'd come on one the night that we'd said that we were going to record and he didn't turn up so then I yep. messaged again and said, 
um, okay, tried to, you know, do it. Do you want to try again? So then we finally hooked up and then he was a really nice guy and we did this interview and we got to about five minutes before the end and I have this, <laughs> I, I what I usually do is turn off the video and then bring my my questions, you know, forefront in Word and, and read my questions. And um, it was one of those interviews where he was answering all my questions before I'd asked them. So yeah. I kind of, you know, and I, and I you know, I'm, I'm – <laughs> I'm really paranoid. So every now and again, I'll, you know, at least once an interview, I'll go check. Am I recording? Am I recording? Anyway, we, I went to check. Am I recording? And no, we're not recording. So <laughs> I sort of stopped him halfway and said, I'm really sorry, but I'm not recording. Um, <laughs> I don't know what has recorded, what hasn't recorded. So I'm going to put it on now and we'll finish it off. So we did. Um, and I just, all, all I had was that last like five minutes I don't know what happened <laughs> so um I was too embarrassed to you know and just we just wouldn't have the energy to go over and start yeah, again no. so yeah. I just left it and said look we'll try again later and haven't been able to mm. contact him again he's but it is emotionally taxing these conversations like you think you're just sitting there but you, you're not you're talking about you know important stuff you're talking about literature then it, you always go on these you know sort of more personal tangents and yeah. it is you're right it's that energy that you, yeah. that you don't even know. I know. And I, you, yeah, I'm always sort of thinking ahead of, you know, okay, well, now he's answered that question, so I won't answer that. I won't ask this yeah. question or, wow, he's brought up something I really want to go into. So, I'll, you know, so you're listening and thinking ahead at the same time. It's really quite draining. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, there's some of them that just you're just thinking, oh, wow, this is the best conversation ever. I wish I wasn't <laughs> recording just so I could, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think some of my, my interviews that have gone live have probably sounded like I'm just having a chat and, yeah. you know, ended it at some random point because I really have kept on going. But anyway. <laughs> well, mine was um, really early on. We were using Skype and I interviewed the beautiful Meg McKinley about her book, Catch a Falling Star. And she's in WA and I don't know whether it was just our internets couldn't handle it, but the, oh no, that's right. We were using our actual Anchor app and it just used to drop out and so I was like oh Meg I'm so sorry but it's dropped out again and back then like Pamela's the techo in our duo I'm like the Luddite so I'm like <laughs> I don't know how it works and, and so I said to Meg I'm so sorry we'll just try again and and like we ended up finally recording it and she'd said the same answer about seven times mm. and I was just like I'm just so sorry and I just wanted to crawl into a hole and then she was like it's fine Julie it's fine you know just so gracious and it did go to ebb <laughs> it's just like oh and after that I spat the dummy and I said Pamela we're not using Skype anymore and she's she was been she had been saying all along let's just use Zoom Julie and I was like no no we'll use Skype <laughs> like an old granny <laughs> now I'm like oh and I think um I also interviewed Nat Amor and um I'd interviewed her already and this is our second one and the Skype didn't um it didn't I recorded but it didn't bring up the file mm. and so I'm like oh my gosh Nat it's not come up and Nat's like super techo as well and she's like clink clank 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 there it is Julie and I'm just like I really should not be in this business like really I should not be here 
<laughs> I've had so, one of those panics too where um, it didn't, I couldn't find it. So yeah. I'd, I'd finish the interview and then I couldn't find the file. And I, you know, that feeling, and I think, oh, it was, yep. it was one where I didn't want to ask them again because, you know, it was yep. Amy Kaufman. Oh, and yes. Jay Kristoff, and I'm like, as if I can ask them again to do it, you know, like, yes. you know, these super cult-like famous people and, and I couldn't find it and I was, like, panicking and I'm on the phone to, you know, help me, help me, help me, and <laughs> it, it turned up and I, it's a scary feeling though, right? I imagine the same about not pressing yeah. the call. The, that the longer the interview, oh. the, the bigger the file, so the longer it takes to process or whatever yes. and you've just had this. <laughs> few minutes of panic okay is it coming is it coming <laughs> I was like not this one not this episode <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh. now what this is a creative outlet you know we talk to authors obviously who are very creative people but you know I think making a podcast is quite creative as well if you take all that hard tech stuff out yeah so your yeah. creative goals for 2021 it doesn't have to be podcast related uh well I'm renovating my bathroom so <laughs> that's probably my be creative Creative project, yeah. Um, but, yeah, in terms of writing, um, I'm aiming to finish – I'm currently writing a middle-grade fantasy, so I'm aiming to finish that. Uh, I've got a junior fiction idea that I want to work on and I'll, I'm in a um, critique, a picture book critique group, so I need to – I either need to rustle up some picture books or leave the critique group because <laughs> it's a bit useless <laughs> being in one with nothing to critique. Um, yeah, I used to have goals around getting a contract, but um, – I've realised that's really out of my hands. So now I just focus on the next piece of writing. And I, I'd love to spend more time honing my drawing and illustration skills, but that's not going to happen this year. It's probably not going to happen until the kids have grown up, but um, it's there <laughs> yeah. in the back of my mind. <laughs> and she's really good. I keep saying she has to do it, but yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> For me, oh, this is funny because I tell Pamela that I've quit writing about every two weeks and yes. then I start writing again. And um, so I have no goals. Even if I have a manuscript on the go, I have zero goals. Um, I want to be completely, utterly surprised if I actually manage to finish a book. Um, and if something new comes up, I'm also completely and utterly surprised because I have no intention of ever writing again. So, but that's <laughs> how I do it. I love that. Just throw the gold out and whatever happens. It works because, yep. you know, then she sends me, she, she sends me a message that I just wrote this picture book. What do you think? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then I have to confess, oh, I've been writing again. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and you didn't tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you knew you always knew oh yeah i know, I, I know what to expect now <laughs> so danny you're always uh you always seem to be one step ahead with your content um we we tend to just we do the swedish chef thing and do it as we go um how do you structure your podcast do you how do you know what's coming up it's so funny you say that because um until now it has not been structured (laughs) I've just kind of gone with you know oh yeah that looks good that looks good I'll chuck it in the diary oh no I've got five interviews this week I don't know how to do that so this year is the first year thank you for thinking that I was really organized um this (laughs) this year is the first year that I've actually thought okay if I want to still have lots of content but I don't want to I do want to sleep occasionally um I Mm. need to do something different so um 
Wilkostarkis has been doing some takeovers and he's just been taking some interviews, which has just been so glorious and so generous of his time. You know, oh, he just nice. goes, oh, I'll take this one and I'll take that one. And then he just sends me this glorious file that's done wow. of him awesome. speaking to this author. <laughs> so that's been fantastic. So, you know, you're still getting the content out there, but, yep. you know, I don't have to do everything. And it's good for Will because Will just steps in and out. You know, no one, I don't think I can have a partner in the podcasting because no one is as obsessive as I am about it. I can't <laughs> There's an obsessive twin out there. Please reach out to me. But, you know, it's something that just keeps my brain calm and people are like, you're going to have a break? I'm like, I can't. It keeps my brain calm not to have a break. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I've had a number of co-hosts which take the pressure off a little bit, you know, just authors that I've clicked with or who are good at interviewing. So that sort of takes the pressure off a little bit rather than just you doing it yourself because you only have to sort of ask half the questions and the the conversation sometimes goes in different directions. And then this year I've looked at having bite-sized episodes, so just having these little 15-minute episodes because, you know, I, I do edit and I add the music and all that kind of stuff and, it takes, you know, if you're editing an hour interview all the time, it's sort yep. of two hours to edit because you're going back and forth or whatever. Yep. Um, so I've just tried to be a little bit more efficient with my time. Um, then I've been doing the feedback sessions. So when we sort of unpack the drafts of an author's work and Ben Hobson has been stepping in to do them with me, so that's been really fun. Um, just really looking at the craft of writing and getting um, authors to read out their zero drafts, which is just so generous oh, and wow. brave of them. Like I can't yep. believe that they do that. But, you know, like I said, no one sort of asked them to do that, I guess, before. And if they don't mind sharing their drafts, I mean, it's fantastic. Oh, I love that. It's yeah, it's idea. really cool. Yeah. So the last one we did was with Mark Smith. And he's amazing and he was just so generous and reading out his first draft and then sort of a second draft and then what it finally is going to for submission. And it's just oh, like wow. so incredible how you start here and you end up here, you know. Yep. And he's I love his writing. I think he's just such a beautiful writer. He says so much by saying so little. So yeah. His writing style. And then um, this summer I've been doing the summer series takeover. So I just um, contacted a bunch of, you know, super duper people who have been on the podcast before and said, hey, do you want to be part of the summer series takeover, which is you interviewing an author of your choice and asking them questions about the holidays and being an artist and whatever you want. And um, so I've got a number of people who are doing that. So I've released one, I think, yeah, one, the second one coming out. Um, this Friday and um, some of them have just sort of stuck to the script, which is fine. They've done these beautiful tight 20 minute interviews, which are wonderful. I edited one today and then Mick Elliott, he interviewed Oliver Pomervan. He's like, yeah, so we did your questions. And then we went on this massive tangent. We started talking huh? about whether chocolate should be refrigerated. Uh-huh. Just like, oh, that is so them. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, yep, yeah, go awesome. with go with it so yeah yeah, but yeah so like you I was just like yeah just whatever whatever but because 2020 was so massive I thought okay I've got to I've got to do something else here and I've got to try and that sounds massive still to be honest Jenny I am really exhausted (laughs) hearing that (laughs) I think it sounds worse than it is I don't know maybe Mm, not I'm not sure well I um, very much, you know, having to um, hold off on stealing all of your ideas because they're all amazing. <laughs> but Pamela and I are like, we're just, we were dragging our carcass to the end of 2020 and we were like, no more. <laughs> 
So <laughs> we needed a break. We needed, but we but you know, we're we're going back in a few weeks, and we're already doing the reviews and talking yeah. to publicists and getting back into it because you know yeah. we really needed a break. But it's you know it's fun. But we'll we once we get back into it, we'll be like, oh yeah, this is what it was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did have two weeks where I didn't do interviews over the Christmas break, which was nice because I just read you know some books that. Um, you know, they may not eventuate on the podcast. I read um, S.A. Cosby's Blacktop Wasteland, which is a crime fiction novel, which is people have loved. And it was really nice just reading for the sake of reading and not yep, going, yep. oh, I have to think of questions and I have to do this. Yeah. It's just like just read the book. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the, the holidays for me are a chance to read anything other than middle grade. Yeah. So, you know, all those other books that I want to read. And um, I have done that, but I, we also had a couple arrive on the doorstep you know unasked for and so I picked them up and read them and <laughs> <laughs> I'm like no I need to be reading adult books <laughs> I've, I've just read some incredible books this year like the start of this year I'm hoping this is the caliber of books for the rest of the year but the books I've read this year have just been amazing yeah. um Will Dean's The Last Thing to Burn and Poppy G's Vanishing Falls everything that I've read this year I've just gone wow that's amazing yeah. So such a high calibre of books, I think. What about you guys? I haven't oh. read that many. I'm, I'm trying to catch up on it. So I'm still on the Hilary Mantel. I like, in adult novels, I like historical fiction. So mm-hmm. um, And they take a while to read. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they are bricks. So I read the second one of that. Um, and I've read some non-fiction. I like non-fiction as well. Um, but I read Matt Haig's Midnight Library mm-hmm. and absolutely loved that. And I'd read that right after I read Julia Baird's Phosphorescence, which has been sort of in my line of sight for a few months now and it was really amazing to read them back to back because it was like fiction and non-fiction with the same message which mm-hmm. was really nice um but yeah no I yeah I need to go out and get some more books I think before we start <laughs> podcasting again <laughs> I read really slowly and I um panic when the book is greater than you know 200 pages so I'm like I, I'm always looking at the spine going, mm, not quite going to be possible. So um, I've read one book <laughs> in the six weeks and I actually can't even tell you what it is because it's going to be on the podcast. <laughs> it was middle grade, <laughs> but I loved it. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is worth it. <laughs> oh, that's great. We might have a problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was speaking to um, Nigel Featherstone the other day and I just got obsessed with this idea that he he said to me, he said, you know, when we're doing something creative, there's obviously all these obstacles and we've talked about the self-doubt, you know, Julie, with you just quitting writing every day. And he said, instead of framing your creative outlet as in I'm a failure and I suck and this is terrible, he sort of said, if you reframe it in a way, what have I discovered today? it reframes that sort of negative energy in a positive way. And I just thought, what a great question. And I just wanted to put you on the spot and ask you, you, since the podcast, what have you discovered about yourself creatively during your (laughs) podcasting? Oh, wow, so much. Um, Given the year that shall not be named, um, (laughs) (laughs) I've realised that while creativity is a need and I I think it's a fundamental human need, you know, I can't not be creative. It flows better when you're not stressed or anxious. So rather than focus specifically on my creativity and, you know, I actually had a, I did a masterclass with Lee Hobbs this morning. It was so fantastic. But, you know, his, his message is, you know, push through that wall. When you get to that wall, that's creative, creativity happens over the other side of that wall. 
but for me, um, I think the thing that I need to work on is, is you know, working on my calm and working from a place of calm. Um, and then, you know, since comparison and perfection are a hindrance to creativity, um, I've been working on letting those go. Um, the, you know, talking about craft with so many amazing authors has just given me so many, um, you know, insights into craft. But I think that in order to practice that craft, you need you need that flow and you need that sort of those messages that calm so mm, well yeah like julie what about you uh i think i discovered that being creative is really essential to my happiness but it's not necessarily going to bring about tangible results like i'm pa- pamela and i both we consider ourselves unpublished I, i've been published independently with seven books but um and not that that isn't great and, and i've had a, a really lovely audience um but uh, we used to really sort of talk about the getting published sort of question topic a lot and should we have an agent, should we do this, should we do that? And I think maybe it, since the podcast I very much came to the, the conclusion that I'm actually okay with not getting published and I'm still, I still want to be on the journey of um, the literary scene and, you know, talking about books and actually maybe the podcast has filled up that hole of, you know, thinking, oh, I'm never going to get there. I'm never good enough. You know, it's always going to be this way. And actually that's okay now, like totally okay. And that's why I quit writing every couple of weeks because I'm like, nah, I can't be bothered with this. <laughs> oh, I might be bothered with this today. So, yeah, I'm Jekyll and Hyde. But, yeah, it works for me. Julie's really creative with um, – she comes up with the ideas for the podcast. I'm, I'm the executor. She's the ideas person. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that is actually possible because, I mean, I pretty much blank everything and then I, 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 I act like I know nothing and then I'm like, oh, let's do this. And Pamela yeah. goes, what? <laughs> She's like, oh, I, you know, maybe we should have a giveaway and make a graphic for this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do it for you, you know. <laughs> yes. I never would have thought of it, you know. I'm like, oh, yeah, great, great idea. Or she's like, she was the one who had the idea to do um, the – we did a publisher series last summer, Ask the Editor series, where we, you know, interviewed a bunch of she, – she had that idea and, and it, it just went gangbusters. It was, it was yeah, amazing. that was um, our, idea. our big, yeah. big winner for last yeah. year. Yeah. So I just Which go is, with her ideas. just a lifetime ago now. Like we yeah. pretty much finished that series just before the pandemic hit. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, now it just – anyway. Mm, it does. <laughs> so, Danny, we run our podcast on – a budget like a, a zero budget let's say <laughs> and nothing we use is you know fancy do you have a fancy podcast setup that is just such a coincidence julie because i run my podcast on a budget of zero as well <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and it's not because you know you get i don't even know how serious they are but you know you get these kind of people going do you want to collaborate do you want a sponsorship and i just I don't want to sell mattresses while I'm talking yeah. about books. Like it just feels really inauthentic. So I've gone, yep. eh, yeah. nah. And then yep. I've been offered active where I'm like, do you even listen to my podcast? I sit and read books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the most active I get is changing the book when I'm Turning the page. And getting a new one, you know, or getting up to get a tea. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm a little bit more active than that, but, you know, I'm not wearing active wear. Um, yeah, so similar budget, same budget. 
And look, I, I never did this for money. And I think from the, my friends and family, the biggest question that I've had um, when I first started was, oh, when are you going to monetize your podcast? Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I kind of, I said, well, you know, I have a day job that gives me money. And I have been really trying to value things beyond their monetary value. And I'm like, well, but this is my hobby. You know, you don't generally get paid for your hobby unless you're really lucky. Yeah. Um, for me, I get these great conversations. I've met some incredible people who I now consider friends. Um, these people inspire me or push me to do my own writing. It eases my anxiety, like that's priceless just in itself. And it gives me purpose to give back to a community that I feel like has given me so much through my life. And so I just feel like, I don't know, you know, I'm not saying... Oh, I did say never, but you know, whatever the possibilities are in the future, but it's not, it's not a goal for me to monetize the podcast. Yeah. And even if you did, like, I don't know how much you're going to get, you know, <laughs> like I'm yeah. not going to spend time monetizing it to get, you know, 50 cents, 20 bucks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, to be honest, I don't spend a lot of money on myself. Um, I used to buy lots of books. Now they kind of come to me. Yes, yes. <laughs> My yes. only weakness, I must admit, are dresses, but I'm not really a big sort of bag or shoe person. So I yes. just spend my money on like a, a road microphone. I'm like, I need a microphone. I'm going to get one. And then I was, you know, doing a couple of live streams. I need a light. I'm going to go get a light, you know. Yep. So they're my kind of shoes and handbag <laughs> purchases. Yay. So, <laughs> yeah, look, nothing fancy, just what I, I need. And I've bought it all over time, you know. I started off yep. with a cheaper mic, but then over time I went, oh, I'm going to get, you know, a good mic. I got the earphones for Christmas. I bought a light only recently. The camera I bought because I was doing so many Zoom interviews for work and things like that, that it doubled up for the podcast. So just over time, I guess I've bought these things. Um, but I don't think generally it costs too much to set up a podcast. No, it doesn't. No. And when we first started, our sound was like, it sort of was a bit tinny at times. And so I went I went and bought a microphone for $14 from the post office and it looked like a little tiny Barbie oh, I microphone. Like this. And I would be sitting there going, now, I just ignore my Barbie microphone as I was interviewing people. And, of course, it broke within about three weeks. So I got another one and then I just said to Pamela, oh, got to do something about my sound and so we just use gaming headphones yeah. now so we don't even have a microphone mm. and um like I have a light now because I can't even remember why I was like I'm getting a light and it was you know everyone was getting them in 2020 <laughs> absolutely everyone was getting a ring light oh I need one I haven't got one <laughs> yeah mine's not even a ring light it's no, like so. it's a stick on the back of your laptop light oh. it's like dodgy well, I had a ring light. It was only a cheap one, but it kept reflecting in my glasses. Like I had these donuts yeah, in my glasses. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't have a ring light. So I've got this other thing. I have a couple of Teco friends. So I'm like, I don't know, tell me what I want. Yep. It's not ridiculous in price. Yeah. Sort of base level that's going to do the trick. And they'll be like, buy this. I'm like, cool. JB Hi-Fi. <laughs> you need to, you need to stick that on your, on your website so we can come by and, you know, find out what you're using. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know what it is at the moment because I can't remember. But yeah. yeah, I'll just send you it. It's fine. <laughs> I do use the road. I'm in love with my road mic. That was a bit of a special gift to myself. Um, oh, fantastic. I do love the mic. Um, I don't even know if it's necessary because when guests come on, I'm like, look, you don't need to really worry about anything. I think headphones are the most important thing. And yeah. you can even just use the yeah. ones that come with your phone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's just lots of people. Yeah. And it just improves the sound tenfold. So yeah. I'm like, if you it don't does. have all the other stuff, it doesn't matter. But if you've got headphones yeah. lying around, yeah. you chuck them in. I think the our biggest splurge was um, the sound editing software. Oh, <laughs> okay. yes. Which what wasn't much. 
Oh, um, I don't know. I can't remember now. Something <laughs> wave sound. It's on my Mac. Okay. It's a Mac app, but okay. um, it was just we'll have you to know, share tricks of the trade. We will. We'll have to. Definitely. But we got we got to a point after a year where I was like, okay, I'm doing a bit more editing now, and it's taking a while. <laughs> yes. And my app, my old app, was wasn't working properly. So um, it makes a lot of difference. It takes okay. it takes a lot less time. Um, yeah. so that was yeah, that was the one sort of splurge that we yeah. kind of had that wasn't you know, they were sort of together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been using Audacity, which is free. I don't actually know how good it is in comparison to other things, but it's it's just super easy to use. Like I just wanted something that you could just literally, you know, highlight and delete. Yeah. I don't want anything that is more complicated than that. So. That's what I need. <laughs> so any yeah. time I'm like, Pamela, here it is for you. You'll have to edit it. <laughs> I think I do have Audacity, but I, I don't know. For some reason it wasn't like, it wasn't good enough. So I use something called WavePad. I've just looked yeah. it up. It's WavePad. <laughs> well, you know, we'll look into all these things, I think. So, Danny, what has been your most inspiring or fulfilling interview? I like to not choose between my children because I love all them, all of them equally. But, no, I will answer your question. Yeah. Um, sometimes, yeah, I, I love all the conversations that I have because you always learn something new or just have an insight about the book or the, the author that you're talking to. But sometimes you do walk away from an interview and you're like, wow, that was amazing. And it's all because of them. And one of them was, I think, Andy Griffiths. Um, just He's just got this amazing genius brain. And talking to him, I was just like the whole mm. time I was like, just wow you're amazing <laughs> he comes up with his stories and we were doing you know this zoom and we were looking in his room and he's just got these incredible things mr squiggle hanging from the ceiling nick cave's actual suit hanging on a skeleton with a clown <laughs> face and i'm just like this this man is on an absolute different plane of life and i love him so that was kind of amazing and blew my mind um, I think when you love a book so much as well and you speak to the author, that's pretty special. Um, when I spoke to Meg Mason about Sorrow and Bliss, I just, I was like, I love your book so much. And mm. it's about mental illness and, and and relationships and the complexity of those things. And, you know, that was, that really resonated with me. So it ended up being, it felt like I was just chatting to an old friend, having a coffee. <laughs> We're just like, oh, what about this? And what about this? Yep. So that was a really nice feeling. Um, I think recently Jeremy Lachlan, um, I was speaking to him and he just is such an open and generous person. And we just, it was one of those interviews where you threw your questions away and he started talking about, you know, losing his father and his anxiety and, you know, being gay in this country town. And it just turned into this really kind of, you know, personal interview and he was so generous with what he was offering. And it was just one of those really heartfelt interviews. I'm like, Oh my God, can we just talk till midnight? <laughs> So yeah. that was really nice. Yeah. And then I guess sometimes too when you're a bit, um, I still get really nervous, particularly when there's, you know, someone who's quite well known. And Adrian and I, Adrian and I did a live stream with Matthew Riley and I'll just oh. tell, you, tell you the funny story about this, right? So Adrian's like, so he's got a new book out. Do you want to see if we'll, you know, in, you, we can interview him? I'm like, you know who Matthew Riley is, right? Like he's not going to talk to us. Uh, and um, I remember I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So I was at school pickup, you know, I didn't see any mums to talk to. So I thought, oh, I'm just going to email the publicist. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with rejection. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, so she comes back and she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. You could do a live stream with him. And I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> and so I'm already terrified of live streams, like I've mentioned before. Mm. And then we got Matthew Riley on. So I'm like, right, Adrian, you're doing all the producing. <laughs> you're pressing record because I'm just going to lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and you're doing all that tech stuff. <laughs> and I'll try and remember how to speak with words. <laughs> so <laughs> that was our deal. And, look, he was just such a you know, down-to-earth, generous guy. He had his dog with him who was barking. And I said to him, you know, I was trying to be really respectful of his time. And I said, look, whenever you want to wrap it up, 30 minutes, whatever you want. And so I started getting to the wrap-up and he just kept talking and talking. I'm like, well, I'm just going to let you talk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I guess it was one of those really memorable interviews where you think, I can't believe, A, I'm talking to him. And he was just such a top bloke. Wow. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> what about you guys? Um, what do I, it's hard to remember. We've been doing it for two years now and it's hard to think back to the early mm. days, but one of the early ones I remember was um, I got a copy of The Glim, which was by Emily Rodder and illustrated by Mark McBride. I think I might have bought it for my son. I think that was before we sort of getting all the books sent to us. Yep. And I reviewed it um, thinking, you know, I'm not going to bother tr- even trying to be getting in contact with these you know, these wonderful people. And then we were at a book launch the following week or two weeks and Mark McBride happened to be there. And it was really funny because he got really excited about me being there because I'd reviewed his, you know, the book that he illustrated. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, Because, you know, he, he did Delta Request, which, you know, my son was really into and it was international and, you know, he's amazing. He's, you know, so... And he was like, I was going to bring you a painting. And I was like, what? <laughs> and um, so anyway, I was like, do you want to come on the podcast? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, that was he, – he was so amazing. It was probably one of my most fun. He was so enthusiastic. Um, and it was such a fun interview. And then he actually did send me a painting. <laughs> wow. I can <laughs> was, see it in the background. Yeah, it was in the background there. Yeah, which yeah. was amazing. So that was one of, one of the fun ones. Um, and I am going to be uh, – <clears throat> hopefully interviewing Emily Rodder this year. Um, say, it, say it to the universe. And it yes. I will be. Well, no, I'm organi- I am organising. Um, and then uh, Jessica Townsend was amazing. Um, I'm a huge fan of her work and it just was amazing to hear her cra- how she crafts her books and her creative process. And we just, we just clicked. It's one of those, you know, like you're saying, it's just one of those interviews where you just click and you could just talk forever. And, you know, she's an, she's amazing um, interviewee. Um, that was, that was fantastic. Um, I'm looking forward to doing her again, actually, for the next book. Um, and then a slightly more recent one, um, which really just filled me up and it's still there at the top of my head was, um, T.C. Shelley, uh, who wrote the monster who the monster who wasn't, I think it was called, uh, and the werewolves who weren't, which was the second book. Um, and her, her name is actually Shelley. I'm not sure what her last name is, but she's uh, she's an English teacher and she's from England and she's lived where I've lived and she's into the same sort of mythology that I'm into. And um, she, you know, as an English teacher, she just had so many ideas about books and and. You know, we, we continued talking for maybe an hour after the interview actually finished. Wow. And she gave me some amazing ideas that I could use with my kids because, you know, I homeschool. Um, and I just, I could, we could have just kept talking for hours and hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's, uh, you know, there's, other, I mean, 
yeah, you, when you start you when you start on that role, right? I always come away. Yeah, when you start thinking about it, you're like, oh no, what about this one? What about this one? Let's just yeah. spend an hour talking about this- these interviews that were amazing. Yeah, and this one, and yeah. you know, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, sorry, but um, you know, with the the authors and the illustrators who've been around for a while and been doing a lot of this thing, these things, they're much easier to interview because you know, they already sort of have the answers of, of the questions that they're going to get asked in their head. And we, we pre-send out them, whereas I find with, um, you know, debut authors, they're a bit more nervous and it's a little bit harder. And I'm, I'm nervous, they're nervous, and it's a little bit harder to coax them out. So often it's the it's the sort of seasoned professionals that I enjoy more just because it's it's just easier to do it. What about you, Julie? Yeah. I, I always laugh with Pamela. I really love the interviews where I cry with the author. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm not even joking. Pamela's yeah. just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but um, I, I think if you listen to our podcast, you will know that I am I'm very upfront with, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that my little boy, I call him boy wizard, just, you know, he has been diagnosed with autism um, in the last year, I think. And so any book that comes across our desk that mentions autism or, you know, has any kind of representation kind of sends me into a tailspin <clears throat> in a good way. So um, Lisa Nickel, who wrote Vincent and the Grandest Hotel on Earth, um, I, I just wept in that book in a, in a couple of the chapters. Not because it was an amazing book but it was so close to some things that were happening in my life and she is just a glorious human being and she was just like oh Julie I understand and I was then I was like and this is happening and (laughs) so poor old Lisa Nichol heard my entire diagnosis story um and then uh, of course um Laura Bloom, who wrote Mika and Max, um, and her son is um, autistic as well, and just her journey. I mean, she's so much further along than me and her journey, and I was just, oh, my goodness, Laura. And she, I think, I mean, obviously the thing about authors, writers, podcasters and mothers, um, you do always connect somehow, but I connected with those two people in books and in in grief, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, it it was really um, it was something that was so special, and I thought I would never have spoken to those people mm. without doing a podcast and reading their books. So yeah, every time I cry <laughs> with That's an author, <laughs> I have to confess to Pamela just to let you know. <laughs> so it's a bit of this one. <laughs> to mop yep. up my tears in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, but isn't isn't that just telling of how magical books are and how yeah. they connect mm. people and how they resonate with you? You know, and yeah. They do they connect people and I I look at the state of some of the world at the moment you know with current events and I'm thinking guys just read more it'll improve Mm, your life absolutely (laughs) (laughs) stop doing what you're doing and go and get a book book. yep that's Mm -hmm. right well this has been such an amazing chat I've had such a good time um I hate being on the other side of the interview just so you know Um, (laughs) (laughs) but you've been very kind to me so thank you Oh, we have loved it, Danny. Absolutely loved it. It's been great. And I've loved listening to your podcast too. Like I said, I love listening to it in the car. And it's just interesting how, you know, different podcasts doing the same thing, essentially, they just approach things differently or ask questions you wouldn't have thought of. And and that's what I really like about, um, you know, connecting with other podcasters as well. 
Oh, thanks, Danny. Our and pleasure. Good night. <laughs>